You are listening to WRBH 88.3 FM, Reading Radio for the Blind. I am Carl Arredondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4, now a certified orientation and mobility specialist. I have an eye condition. I have retinitis pigmentosa. I travel with a white cane. On today's public affairs show, I have uh, my guest who I'm very excited to talk to because she's been a big influence in my life, and we'll talk about why uh, she was that influence in just a little bit. But first, I'd like to welcome to the program Kelsey Worley from Indiana. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Great. As I mentioned before, you've, and you know this because we've been in contact, you know, several times over the course of uh, the past several years, 2016, you know, when is when it started. But first, give everybody, our listeners, a little bio of yourself. Where are you from? You know, your your childhood, your, your you know, employment and what you're doing at this point in your life. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Richmond, Indiana. I was really heavy into sports always. Um, I was diagnosed with RP when I was 15, and it kind of came about with knowing, um, seeing issues in sports, and obviously when I was going to try to learn how to drive. (laughs) Um, And so it was about that time that I was introduced into fitness as kind of um, a new outlet that I needed something to do. And I mean, as soon as I hit the gym, the first time I was introduced, it was just game over. I fell absolutely in love with it. And I pretty much immediately knew I wanted to go to college for something related to that. And so my sister had gone to IU. I went there and visited. It was, you know, fairly close to home and felt familiar. And so that's where I made the decision to go. And um, I pursued kinesiology and health fitness specialist. And it's there. Um, where I continued to really get involved in fitness and continue CrossFit, which I had started back in my hometown just about a year before heading out to college. And, um, yeah, I loved Hoosier CrossFit. It was the biggest part of my life in Bloomington. Met a lot of cool people. And then once I graduated, I decided to move to Indianapolis, where I now am. And um, I'm a personal trainer at a private studio, which is really fun. Um, It's a very intimate setting, and I've really found that I love working one-on-one with um, clients. And so, yeah, that's pretty much career-wise and such um, about that. And you mentioned uh, two things, of course, that the listeners will pick up on that uh, we have in common. One is RP and the other is CrossFit because I've done several shows already and CrossFit was involved (laughs) in one way or another. Uh, Oh, yeah. Tell uh, tell our, our, our listeners about your vision. How much do you see? What do you see? How is it uh, right now today? Yeah, so like I said, I was diagnosed when I was 15, and I am about one month out from turning 27, so it's been about 12 years. Um, currently, when I was first diagnosed, it was very small things, um, depth perception, lighting, just realizing, you know, I couldn't see, like, the ball in the air anymore in basketball and sports and such like that. Um, right now I, yeah, I finally started using a white cane about a year ago. Um, probably should have been before that, but (laughs) it takes time. Um, and yeah, I, you know, it's, I can see things. Um, but I think it's one of those things where, you know, with RP, it's confusing. I feel like I see things, but there's really not a lot of getting around without using my cane because as soon as I start to move, everything's just not really, 
picking up how it should, I guess, if that makes sense. So, like, for me, if I'm looking at a room, I feel like I'm seeing it. And then as soon as I start to walk, I'll probably trip over an object if I'm not using a cane. Uh, do you know what your field of vision is, how small it is? Um, I do not exactly because every time, basically, they don't really make me do it anymore because they're like, it's like I am classified, obviously, as um, legally blind now. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but basically every time they're like, we don't even like you're below. <laughs> okay. It's low. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm going again uh, today to my ophthalmologist, my retina specialist, but I know my field of vision that when I last got it uh, late last year was down to two to four degrees. So it's a very small center yeah. field of vision. And I'm glad to hear and now that I'm a comms that you are using your cane and using a cane now because I, of course, advocate for anybody with a vision impairment or low vision to use a cane and get the training for it because it helps keep you safe when you're trying to travel around, like you mentioned, tripping hazards that you don't see. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously, I think it was just, especially like, you know, during my college time and, and just being in my 20s, it was hard for a second. But I will say that um, once I did start it, it has been the best thing that I've done for my life in the last year. And it's made me more independent. It's made me more confident. And it's honestly just helped people around me when I'm out and enjoying things um, understand the situation rather than think something else is going on or not quite understanding like why I'm acting how I'm acting so it's made me feel way less anxious and honestly just made my quality of life way better and I can't wait to continue to use it and grow with um, learning more about it and such. Yeah, that's awesome because as I'm out on my own or with, with clients, you notice people more observant and they'll tend to move out of your way. And I've had people come in, you know, towards me on the sidewalk. They'll completely get on the street to pass me by, then get back on. So they give me the whole sidewalk as they're yeah. you know, moving by. So it's good to see. I kind of describe it as people part like the Red Sea as they, as they see you coming. And so... <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> now, as I went through school, learning to be an orientation and mobility specialist, one of the things we, we learned about when dealing with kids or someone with a vision impairment is to try and find a role model or a peer or someone that they can relate to. So that was one of the things that touched me after I went to school, because back in 2016, there was an article written about you in the CrossFit website. And again, I had just started CrossFit in 2014, so I was a real big geek, and I still am about CrossFit. <laughs> but I was reading everything I could, and then your article popped up. And describe that article to everyone, because I'm going to go into a little bit more about why that article meant a lot to me. Yeah, um, honestly, like at the time I was 20, I will say it was really hard for me to agree to even do that at the beginning. Um, it's an article basically describing my kind of journey through CrossFit and fitness and being diagnosed with RP and what led me to CrossFit and um, kind of some of the modifications, I guess, that popped up through CrossFit to allow me to do the same workouts as people with things that I might have struggled with. And yeah, I just talked a little bit about all of that, I think, and how CrossFit became a huge part of my coping and just helping me feel more confident in this journey. And, um, yeah, um, that's about it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it came out in the early part of the year, if I remember correctly. And, and, yeah. uh, and so when I was reading your article, you described some things that were happening to you in the gym and I was saying, well, you know, that happens to me too. You, you know, I have to do that too. And it started, made me 
realizing something that maybe something is going on with my vision because I was having trouble finding the black kettlebell on the black floor. You know, I yeah. I would grab, you know, some chalk from the bucket and just rub it on the handle so I could find it. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I said, okay, well, I'm just having trouble seeing, you know, the black on black, you know, not realizing that one of the uh, things about RP is you have contrast issues. You you can't see things easy as easy as other people can. So I started noticing a lot of things about that article. And so that made me go to my ophthalmologist at my next appointment and talk about that. And so that kind of raised the red flag to me. And later on at the end of 2016, I was diagnosed with RP. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, hearing that story and understanding that was, I think, what helped me, first of all, want to do the article and be a little bit more vulnerable because I think it is, we just don't understand, you know, and especially when you're there, you, you notice differences, but you're like, oh, this is just, you know, you're pushing through it. You're not understanding. You're just, you don't think anything of it, just like you said. And um, I think anything that can be relatable for people to be like, wait a second, like I'm having that same issue. Or even if you're already aware to be like, whoa, like I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. You know, there's a community here. I think it just, it really just makes you feel, yeah, like not alone and that you have the community or just like, hey, like this makes sense, like what's going on. And it just feels good. It feels good to have relatable people, obviously. Absolutely. And I, like I told you, I think I reached out to you not long after that article or later on when I was diagnosed and told you that how much that story meant to me and kind of gave me the encouragement and the confidence to continue with CrossFit, even though, you know, you know, it's a tough sport to really maneuver around because there's all kinds of moving parts in a gym and walking from one location to another for a, a movement. And and I've learned to adapt to that, you know, thanks to that article way back when. And now every box that I, I belong to, I've made adjustments with the coaches. And as you know, CrossFit is an inclusive environment, and it was back then and even more so now. So that article was like, you know, ringing a bell in me that, well, CrossFit is an adaptable thing. Having a vision impairment, you have to adapt to it too. So both those mentality kind of gave me the idea to know that my life is different. I have to adapt to all the things I do. And I, I give credit to you for that article and my first CrossFit coaches that I had when I joined CrossFit. Yeah. And I love hearing that. And that's absolutely awesome. And I think you said it best when you said like, we do have to adapt in life when your life is different and you're faced with some kind of challenge. And I think for me, that's what the gym was doing as well. I was realizing, okay, if I'm adapting and pushing through and figuring out how to do this workout, you know, how to, this is exactly what I'm doing in life. And I think the confidence I was finding in the gym with those adaptations and such were giving me the same confidence in life. And I think that's just a great thing that, you know, I hope more people can find. Was there somebody for you uh, after you were diagnosed or later on that, that kind of influenced you or kept you going or was that role model for you? I will say the first, you know, I didn't know anyone as far as visual, like I had a really good support network in my life, but I didn't know a lot of visually impaired people, let alone maybe anyone at the time. And so I think I sought out a lot of, you know, like Googling, things like that. And one thing I really came to that wasn't like um, an immediate role model that was in my life, but someone I could relate to, I started um, reading about the guy, his name's Eric. I can't pronounce his last name. I can't remember it quite at the moment, but the guy who's clown, climbed Mount Everest, and he does all the climbing. Yes, and I just yes. started reading all these books with people, not necessarily with RP, but anyone with 
any kind of visual impairment and the things they were doing, um, extreme things. And I think that really got me fired up. And then um, that was initially. And then I will say once I was in Indy, I met a friend that was around my age, actually even a couple of years younger, and she had gone to the School of the Blind and she was using a cane and we were out and I had not yet given in to using a cane. And here I am, she's leading me around with her cane because I couldn't see well enough, but I didn't even want to use a cane. And so I see her navigating and whipping around and just like being so confident. And I'm like, wow, like, I can't believe that you're leading me around right now because like, you're so good with this cane and I am not using a cane and I can't tell, you know, like she didn't care if people were looking, she didn't have anything. It was just like seeing that and understanding like, wow, here's someone even like my age that I can relate to that like is using this and has been using this and is functioning so well. And I think that in that moment definitely um, gave me a higher understanding of, wow, like this is what this could be. And like, I'm limiting myself and it's, it was really cool to see her just be confident with it. And yeah, that was huge for me because it was the first time I had really even had a visually impaired friend in my life and also just someone that felt really relatable, um, close in age, close in just like situation, I guess. And that was huge for me. And it made me realize that I did want to take that step. And you mentioned something that uh, I learned during school and I didn't realize uh, that it was a thing and I did it as well. We try to pass as someone without a vision impairment. So we don't use a cane. We don't want to use it. We try and pass like we don't have a problem. And I called it faking, but I learned the correct term in school. It was called passing. So we all do that before we finally accept that we need to use a cane because we do have a vision impairment and we have to accept it. So it took me a while too to to want to use my cane full time. And, uh, you know, I was on, you know, the public eye. I was a, a TV meteorologist. So in the last, you know, year of my my time on the air, I certainly didn't want to be out and about using a cane because, you know, then all the jokes would get, you know, a blind meteorologist giving you a forecast. There's already enough jokes about right. you know, meteorologists and forecasting. So I couldn't afford to have uh, that uh, ammunition being thrown back at me, but we all we all tend to try to pass. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's very, yeah, and it, every time I was trying to pass, especially in those last few years, you know, I just ran into so many awkward situations, you know, simple things as walking into a bar and being cut off before I've had one drink because I look like I'm drunk and because, you know, people are confused or, you know, walking through a security line and not being able to, like, figure out where I'm supposed to walk through, like, at the airport and then just being like, are you, like, what's going on here? And, you know, any of these same experiences now in the last year carrying my cane and people are so nice, so understanding, and it just it makes everything so much more simple. And I can't believe that, you know, it took me that much time to make my life that much easier, but it just does, I think, the acceptance. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, I mean, basically what I was trying to get across with this uh, program here with you is that, Anybody with a vision impairment, uh, losing their vision, older adults, it's good to try and find someone that has an impairment that can relate to them or talk to them. There's support groups out there. There's, uh, I know when well, I used to uh, observe uh, one of our other O&Ms at, at a school, local school, with one of the young uh, boys, he would take his cane out of his bag. He would hide it between his body and his arm to walk out of class so his kids wouldn't, his classmates wouldn't see him. And... As we're walking the halls and he's being trained by the other O&M and I'm watching, I'm using my cane. I'm showing him 
that you can walk with the cane. And I noticed him staring back at me using my cane. So in a way, I was hoping that him seeing someone else, another male using a cane would help him be a little more confident in doing that. So anybody with a vision impairment, it's good to have them talk to or find somebody that that can relate to them. And being a visually impaired uh, comms certified orientation mobility specialist, I find my clients are more acceptable because they know I can relate to them. And that's why you were that person, you know, for me where I could relate and I felt, okay, this this can be okay because I can see you doing it. Now, granted, you're a lot younger when I started CrossFit at 50 and you were <laughs> much younger, but I knew that, hey, she can do it. She shows how she can do it. I can do it too. Yes, and I think you're so right. And the relatability thing, like you being that kind of instructor and being that example is so awesome because I do think, you know, I found myself um, – any like I, even working with a therapist that has the same condition, I've just found myself, I think you're able to trust and really just like feel inspired. So I'm sure that, you know, the clients you are working with, it's inspiring to see someone who has accomplished so much and you know that they're going through the same thing. And I think that makes it like, oh, hey, like this doesn't have to like, you know, change my life. Like I can still accomplish and do whatever I want to do. These are people that I'm seeing that I think highly of. And, like, you know, they're watching you use your cane, and they're like, wow, like, this is, like, I respect this person. They've accomplished so much. I can do that, too. And I think that it's really awesome that you decided to pursue that kind of, you know, after the meteorology stuff because I think that's just making a huge impact. And I will say that following you on social media and seeing your transition into that phase has actually been really inspiring to me on the flip side because I I'm in a phase where I'm realizing I want to be more involved in the visually impaired world and have more of an impact because I think I haven't embraced it as much as I could. And following you doing that has been really inspirational to me. And so I think it's kind of cool full circle moment here um, that I'm excited to get to talk to you about. Oh, absolutely. Any Anybody that would advocate for vision impairment, especially someone with a vision impairment, is always an inspiration to somebody out there that's not yet reached that point of acceptability. Now, do you still follow CrossFit right now uh, at this point? I follow it, and I do still do CrossFit workouts. I will say that I do most of my training within um, my personal training studio now um, because I have really fallen in love with the one-on-one training and the intimate setting. I love to really get to know my clients and really get to know their stories. And that's been really fun. And, um, yeah. Because uh, a couple of shows ago I had, I don't know if you're familiar with Kim DeCarroll. She's the fittest blind woman on earth. So I had her on because she's kind of like my inspiration right now because she's been doing competitions and she's completely without vision and she's the fittest on earth and that's a worldwide competition. So we're, the CrossFit Games, the Open is on right now, and I joined uh, now the CrossFit last year had new adapted divisions. So they have neuromuscular, you know, upper body, lower body, you know, disabilities, and they had a vision yeah. division. So she won last year, and we're all competing under the second year for the uh, vision uh, division. And she's right now, you know, doing quite well and following her on social media, especially her Instagram. She posts videos of her workout and you can see how she adapts to everything. And it's amazing. So that gives me ideas of what I can do in the gym as well. And that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that because I have followed a little bit of the um, 
adoption stuff, but I would love to have um, some more of that kind of thing popping up on my social media and such. So I will definitely give her a follow and check more to that. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And so she's, uh, she's, I, I call her our fearless leader because she's leading the pack and she's, you know, a big advocate, even though uh, she's uh, a lot younger than I am, but still she's, you know, doing quite well. And now with the uh, CrossFit, more inclusive with adaptive athletes. They they kind of integrated a lot of the wheel wad workouts to CrossFit Games. And last year they did have five divisions at the CrossFit Games compete at Madison. So that's been wonderful to see the progression that CrossFit is now including the adaptive divisions. And she's the one Kim cho- showed me. Um, there's a company called Equiproducts, and they produce adaptive equipment. I got an all white wall ball so that I can see the ball coming down on a dark wall. I've got a yeah. white a white contrast jump rope so I can find it on the ground and I got white bar markers I can put on the barbell so I can kind of get an idea where to place my hands. So they're they're really a, a great company that uh, has now done a lot of adaptive equipment for adaptive athletes. And that's like so it's truly so amazing to see and so awesome and I think that that will, you know, continue to inspire and help more people pick it up as a new trait and like start fitness in general and feel welcomed and feel like there is a space for them because there is. And the more that they see it and the more that they're inspired, I think it'll just really help um, people get involved. And so I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. And I have seen the stuff that you, the equipment and it's so awesome. (laughs) Oh, it it helps me a lot. So I I really enjoy that. And my goal in the open, I have two goals when I, I do this uh, is one, not to hurt myself at 58, not to hurt myself. And the second is not to finish last in the world or in the North American continent. So that, those are my two goals. They're not, they're not lofty goals, but I just want to make sure (laughs) I'm not last. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, as we start winding down, uh, Kelsey, I usually end with the like four questions I ask each guest. And these are just kind of about you and your taste. So question number one, what's your favorite movie and why? Oh, my favorite movie. I will say, I think one of my all-time favorite movies it's been a while, honestly, since I've watched a movie, but I love any kind of movie where, you know, the old-time sports movies probably in general. Um, I think I really love, not to be basic here, but Hoosiers um, because I grew up watching it a ton. And I think in that movie, um, there's a player, and he doesn't necessarily have any, like, specific um, disability, but he turns away from the sport he loves for a second because, he, you know, there's just some controversy there and, but he's like doing it on his own. He kind of feels like an outcast for a while. And I think the people around him support him and convince him to come back. And I just think I relate to that because I think there were a couple of those moments. Um, it's mentioned in the article where I was just having a hard time and I had the support around me of people to remind me that I was doing something I loved and I shouldn't give it up. And so there's just some relatability in that movie, I think for me. Okay, great. Awesome. What's your favorite kind of music genre or band? What what gets you going in the gym when you're working out? Oh my gosh, I am all over the place. It just depends on the day, but I really um lately I really really love NF. Um he is a rapper, but he's just really like I think it's just motivational music. Um it's just straight up. He's 
and I just relate to it really hard. And I think I love that kind of deep, deep emotional lyrics when you're really like getting after it. It's just inspiring. Is he the one that sounds like Eminem? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I heard that in on a car in one of my lift rides and I thought it was Eminem and, and the uh, person I asked and the driver said, no, no, that's NF. So I, I believe yeah. it at 58, I'm familiar with who that is. So that's hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question is, what uh, helps Kelsey relax? What do you do f- to relax, to unwind, just to enjoy some time? Honestly, um, if it's not working out, because that is pretty much my fun, relaxing, safe place, love it. Um, if it's not that, I love to just enjoy a great craft beer with some good company. <laughs> I, I've noticed that a lot of your social media <laughs> and I've gotten more into Pilsners. So that's kind of my Ooh, nice. favorite. I don't like dark beers. So I, I watch yeah. to see what you're drinking and try and get an idea there from, you know, what, what your taste is. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, the last question is, what is on your bucket list still? What is something you still want to do? Oh, well, you know, recently, things are changing, honestly. Recently, I am currently training for um, my second marathon with a training partner, but he gave me the idea of, I've always kind of wanted to do one of those obstacle Spartan races, and he um, mentioned that now that we're familiar with navigating, he can navigate me well and we're good training partners. I think um, that, and I think I want to continue to find kind of some new fitness goals or new things to attack. And so right now it's just like, um, I think doing things that scare me. And I think that's something that scares me, like, you know, learning the next thing of really trusting and navigating. And then outside of a fitness goal, just, um, yeah, I think I just want to get involved and make an impact and like actually just continue to embrace the visual impairment life and try to connect more and be more involved in that. I know that's not specific, I think, but that's just really what's on my mind lately. No, that's great. That's great. Well, I mean, again, I, I, you know, I've mentioned this to you before, how you've made it that influence on me. You you were that life-changing moment that I read, and, and that's the purpose of this uh, program today about role models, peers, somebody you can relate to, somebody that can show that things can still be done. So, Kelsey, I want to thank you very much for joining me today and talking a little bit about your story and how you influenced me, even though, you know, back then you didn't realize what you were doing, influencing people. Yeah. Thank you so much, and thank you for influencing me and inspiring me now. It's so awesome to see. All right. We'll keep in touch, too, also. Um, Thank you for listening. This is WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind, 88.3. This has been the Public Affairs Show. I am Carla Redondo. Thank you for listening.